Well, Gems, I have a challenge for you. All right, you see I have paper in my hand and um, a few pens. And I think there's pens in the pews, maybe just three there. And um, if you could just take and pass and just uh, whoever needs a pen can have. And, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of notes in the, for this sermon, all right? And they're going to be on the screen. So I challenge you gems to take the notes that are on the screen and put them on paper so you remember it better. You're going to be like, oh, wow, does he have a lot of notes today, okay? Because there's a lot of slides on the PowerPoint. So I challenge you to put it all down. And maybe if, you know, you, you talk to me afterward and, and you show that, yeah, I really did a good job here. Maybe next week I'll have something for you, but I don't have it today because I just thought of this, okay? So... <laughs> But I want you to do it because I want you to be challenged in this way. You're going to learn a lot, and a lot of the stuff you've learned throughout the year. So it will hopefully just be something that, yeah, that's, that's right. That's exactly right. So um, please do that, and then see me afterward, okay? And one of the girls was going to read some scripture today, but, but she has a sore throat, so she's not able to. So just so you know that. I'm going to bring this a little closer. Beloved in Christ and, and gems, Chris Tomlin just described him in the lyrics he wrote for the song that we just sang. Indescribable, uncontainable, all-powerful, untamable, incomparable, unchangeable, not to mention wholly capable, irreplaceable, inescapable, unassailable, unmistakable, unbreakable, and unshakable. Gems and beloved church, this is our God. Amen? Amen. No, the sermon isn't over yet. That wasn't it. Okay? What a fantastic title you chose, Gems, for this year. Unshakable. We have a God who is unshakable in a world that is all shaken up. God is unshakable. Did you know that unshakable is spelled two different ways? You are spelling it the way you spell it. It's the way spelled in the UK, the United Kingdom. The British English spelling, U-N-S-H-A-K-E-A-B-L-E. In the United States English, it usually is spelled this way, U-N-S-H-A-K-A-B-L-E. Without that extra E in the middle, so you can't actually see the word shake in it. I'm glad you're using the British spelling, because you can see that word shake in it, and because when I see it spelled the United States way, it always makes me think of this big guy. <laughs> the Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Maybe you know him, he's still around, but he played basketball, professional basketball, in the NBA before your time. And you know how big he was when he played? He was seven feet, one inches tall, and at one point weighed as much as 395 pounds. He was four, five, six, seven times bigger than each of you gems. And that's gymnast Simone Biles next to him in the photo. She's four foot eight. So when I see the United States spelling, I am so tempted to spell and pronounce it unshackable. And I'm sure back when this guy played basketball, a lot of the other players on the other teams thought that this guy really was unshackable, unshakable, because of how big and huge he was. He's unshackable. But you gems, you are helping us today by reminding us that we know someone a lot bigger and greater and more powerful than the Shaq. We know 
God, and he truly is unshakable in every way. We need God to be who he says he is, right? To be unshakable, don't we? Because of the world we live in, because our world is shaking, isn't it? When you look around and you hear your parents or your grandparents talking, and you probably hear them talking about things like COVID-19, that little tiny virus that really messed up our world, and you hear them talking about things like the war in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine, and I'm sure you hear them talking about other things too, the border between the United States and Mexico. A lot of people are talking about that. A lot of people are arguing about that. And you hear about racism. Uh, white people and people of different colors can never seem to get along very well. And you hear about how food and gasoline are costing a lot more th money these days. And you hear about sometimes awful things happening at schools in the United States with someone actually bringing a gun to school to hurt people. And maybe you hear about bullying at your school. Or maybe someone has bullied you. And maybe you hear your parents arguing a lot of the time. And your world, the world you know, seems to be shaking. And some of those things leave us shaking and scared and worried and afraid about the future. Sometimes we go to bed at night and we worry and we're anxious and we're afraid about all those things and other things. And it's hard to sleep and it's hard to stay focused at school, and it's hard to learn, and it's hard to have good close friends, and sometimes it's hard to think you're going to be okay, and it's hard to feel like you're loved and like you're worth something as a girl or a young woman. The world is shaking. Isn't it good to know, though, that the world is what God says it is? And now we're starting the notes, really, okay, for you gems. You probably wondered, am I supposed to draw a picture of Shaq here? No, no. Here, now, here now comes kind of an outline, okay? Isn't it good to know that the world is what God says it is? God is not surprised by the world shaking. God understands a shaking world. God knows why the world is shaking, for God has told us that's the kind of world we live in. In Matthew 24, verse 8, Jesus, who is God, said the world is experiencing birth pains, when a baby is born, when a mama gives birth, there is pain involved in that. And God says the world is suffering with that kind of pain. And in Romans 8 verse 22, the Apostle Paul writes that God tells him to write this when he says the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. The whole world is described that way, groaning in pain, what we are called shaking today. And in John 16, verse 33, I know you know this verse. I think you know it. And studied this year during your, your sessions, Jesus, who is God, says there, in this world you will have trouble. And what all these verses are pointing to is that the world is shaking. God knows the world is shaking. The world is what God says it is. And God says it's a shaking world, and that's because of sin. And because of evil in this world, this world is not perfect. None of us is perfect. We all sin. And sin from the very first one in the Garden of Eden, all the way to the ones that we do today, all of us, every sin has caused this world to shake. And it's good to know that God knows all about that. 
God knows why it's shaking. God knows what a shaking world looks like. God knows what people go through in a shaking world because Jesus, who is God, lived here among us. So he endured the shaking world too. And God also knows what he is going to do about that shaking world. He has done and is doing and will do great things to fix our shaking world. That's good news. The world is what God says it is, a groaning, full of trouble, birth-pained, shaking world. But God is going to fix it. And who better than God to fix it? I want you to listen to something, your theme verse in Psalm 62, verse 2, right? That's what it is. I'm sure you know it by heart, but I want you to listen to the entire chapter that that verse is in, Psalm 62, and it's actually in there twice same words of your theme verse. Well, almost exactly the same words. So your verse is an emphasized verse in that psalm. We're going to read it before we get to our second point this morning. And our second point is this. God is who he says he is. You see that? Point one was the world is what God says it is. Now God is who he says it is. And as we read it, I want you to listen for what God says about himself in that psalm. We've been calling God unshakable today. Let's listen to this psalm and listen for how God truly is unshakable. Okay, so Psalm 62. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. That's your theme verse. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies with their mouths. They bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul, find rest in God, and hope comes from him. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. There's your theme verse again with one word different. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath. The highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they're nothing. Together they are only a breath. <sighs> Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love, and you reward everyone according to what they have done. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And congregation, I encourage you, if you are not taking notes, to take them, but also to have your Bibles open as we go through and find these things that God says about himself. And there are a lot of them, gems, so get ready. There's about 10 of them that we're going to be able to write down here, all right? So what does he say about himself? God says who he says he is. Who is God? Then first, he is a protector. Isn't that a great word? There's a lot of things to write there, so start writing, gems. I love to feel protected. How about you? When I was growing up and was scared sometimes, I loved knowing that my parents or my friends or my teachers or others were around to protect me. 
God says that he is our protector. Listen to the words in the psalm that he uses about himself being a protector. My soul finds rest when I'm with God. He protects me so that my soul can find rest. When I feel protected, I'm able to rest. I'm able to fall asleep at night. I feel safe so I can rest. My soul can rest. He also calls himself a fortress. You know what a fortress is, right? A special building. No one can get into it to harm you. He calls himself a couple of great R words to our rock and our refuge. When I think of God, I can imagine that he's an enormous rock that hides me, protects me, keeps me safe. A rock so huge, no one can get past it. And a refuge, that's another safe place like a fortress to be. And in verse 11, he comes right out and says it. Power belongs to God. He is a powerful protector. Those are all words that tell me that God is my protector when the world is shaking all around me. Those are unshakable words that describe God. Second, God is a promiser, a promiser. He promised me hope. Verse 5, my hope comes from him so that when I look ahead to the future, I can look ahead with hope. God promises me that. God sounds like someone we should put our trust in. Third, God says about himself in this psalm that he is our savior. He uses the word salvation in verses 1 and 2 and repeated in verse 6. He gives me my salvation. He is my salvation. He's the one who saves. He's my savior. Fourth, he is my dignifier. Oh boy, I made that word up. He is the one who gives me dignity. See, it makes sense, right? Even though it's made up. Or he gives me honor. Or he ennobles me. Verse 7 says, my honor depends on God. That's where my honor comes from. Sometimes I think bad thoughts about myself. Maybe you do too, Gems. I think badly about myself. I'm no good. You know what God does? He lifts me up. He blesses me. He honors me. Not because I'm so great. No, but because he's so loving, he's so gracious, he graciously gives me some of his honor. He gives me dignity, nobility. He's my dignifier. Fifth, it's clear he is trustworthy in this psalm. That's what he says about himself. He tells us to trust in him at all times, verse 8, which means he must be trustworthy. He is so worthy that he's earned our trust over and over and over. He is trustworthy. That means he's reliable and he's dependable all the time. Sixth, God is compassionate. Where do you see that? You see it in verse 8. He tells us that we can pour our hearts out to him. I don't know about you, but if I'm able to pour out my heart to someone, I know that person will be compassionate to what they hear about me, will be kind when I do that. And not only compassionate, but unflinching. You see that word up there? Do you know what that word means, Gems? Unflinching? If someone is near you and they have a softball in their hands and they rear back, it's probably a boy, right? They rear back and they go, like they're going to throw it right at you, and they stop short right at your face, and they don't really throw it. But what are you going to do? You might flinch, right? God tells us in this psalm that no matter what you tell God, he will not flinch. 
He will not turn away and be surprised or shocked or scared by what he hears from you. He will listen no matter what you say, no matter how awful the thing might be that you have to tell him. Sometimes we do bad things, don't we? And God says, come to me. Tell me about it. I won't flinch and turn away from you. I'll listen. I'll tell you, confess that sin to me. I'll forgive you. And I'll tell you, don't sin like that anymore. God is unflinchingly compassionate that way. Seventh, verse 9, we learn he is also, oh man, here's a big one, transcendent. That's a tough word. It simply means he is so much greater than we are. Verse 9 says we're nothing. So that must mean he, God, is everything. He's holy, perfect in every way. He's all-powerful. Creator God, he keeps us alive. He's beyond our understanding. He's so amazing. Remember the song? Indescribable, uncontainable, all-powerful, untamable, incomparable, unchangeable. That's what God tells us about himself. He is transcendent. He's so much bigger than we are, we can't even understand it. That's all that means. Eighth, he is also incomparable or incomparable. We say it like that sometimes. Verse 10 tells us that by telling us that our own riches, our own riches are, are, are nothing. They're not something we should set our hearts on. You know the song, Lord, you are more precious than silver. You're more costly than gold. You're more beautiful than diamonds. Nothing I desire compares to you. He is incomparable. He's so much bigger than we are. Nothing compares to him. Ninth, we're almost there. In verse 12, he tells us he is loving. His love is unfailing. It's steadfast love. And of course, we know that's true because he sent Jesus to us to die on the cross for our sins and rise again for our eternal life. He did that because of his great love for this world. That's how he showed his love. And 10th, verse 12 again tells us God is just. He always judges correctly. He rewards everyone according to what they have done and he does it perfectly. God is a perfect judge. Perfectly just. And there you have it. Psalm 62 tells us all those things about who God is. Psalm 62 is a psalm that tells us all about God. So that we can say right here in Psalm 62 is where God is who he says he is. And now we move to our third point, which is this. We are who God says we are. And the gems helped us already this morning by telling us in their litany what God has told them about himself, about themselves. They learned five things throughout the year that told them what God tells them about themselves. They learned that when they put their trust in God, Jesus Christ, who is God, not only is God unshakable, but they too become unshakable because they are united to Jesus. They are one with Jesus when they trust in him. Their theme verse, remember Psalm 62 verse 2, truly he's my rock and my salvation, he's my fortress, I will not be shaken. When we trust in God, we will not be shaken, even in a world that's all shaken up. And what were the five promises, gems, that God gives us that describe how we will not be shaken? They told us in their litany this morning, congregation, that God promises we are loved. God promises we're not alone. God promises we are strong. God promises we are forgiven. And God promises we are world changers. Sound familiar, gems? 
You read it earlier, and you've learned it this year. And in that litany we read, congregation, each of those promises was backed up by another verse in God's word. We were the ones who read those verses back to the gems this morning. 1 John 3, verse 1, Deuteronomy 31, 6, Philippians 4, 13, 1 John 1, 9, and Micah 6, 8. And those are all great verses. But gems, are you ready for this? Did you know that right in the psalm where your theme verse is found, Psalm 62, you can find those same five promises? Right in that psalm, you can find the things God promises you. We are what God says we are. Ready? Number one, God promises you are loved. There it is in verse 12. With you, Lord, is unfailing love. God promises, you see, that you are loved. That's the first one. Number two, God promises you are not alone. There it is in verse 1. Remember the words? Truly, my soul finds rest in God. And again in verse 5, my soul, yes, finds rest in God. And in verse 8, pour out your hearts to him. Three times God reminds us, well, you're not alone. For if we were alone, our souls could not find rest in God, could they? And if we were alone, how could we pour out our hearts to God? So three times the psalm reminds us we're not alone. God is right here with us. God promises, you see, you are not alone. Right in the psalm. Number three, God promises you are strong. Well, that's all over the place in the psalm. Every time you see the words fortress, rock, refuge, power, these are words depicting strength. And when you're with God, you're strong in him. But the words I like the best are what you've been talking about. I will never be shaken, verse 2. And I will not be shaken, verse 6. God promises, you see, you are strong. Number four. God promises you are forgiven. And you see that any time that you see the word salvation in the psalm, verses 1, 2, 6, and 7, salvation, we're told about the one who supplies our salvation, it's God. And the one who is our salvation, and that's God too. And what is included in salvation? That you are forgiven from your sins. That's part of salvation, a huge part, that God forgives us from our sins because of Jesus, who is God, paying for our sins, enduring the punishment for our sins on the cross. God promises, you see, you are forgiven. And number five, God promises you are a world changer. Remember? And that's found right in verse five, where we read, my hope comes from him. In other words, God is the one who gives us hope in our living so that we can live as world changers. Hope for a wonderful future is what spurs us on to be world changers, to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. The hope God gives us spurs us on to live as world changers. God promises, you see, you are a world changer right in the psalm. These are all promises we have from our unshakable God. And when we trust in him, when we are united to Jesus Christ, those promises are ours. And we also are unshakable in a shaken up world. Now, how do we know this is true? Number four, because God has done what he said he would do. God sent his son, Jesus, who is God, to us. To die on the cross and to rise from the dead. And not only does God tell us that all the promises God has made are all yes in Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 1.20. Not only does he tell us that, he also, well, God has done some shaking of his own. Maybe you don't know about this. 
He tells us about it in a strange book. It's called Haggai. It's a book of the Bible we hardly ever look at. Haggai chapter 2, verse 7, he promises there to shake all nations. And he promised that they're the one that that the one who is desired by all nations will come. And friends, gems, that prophecy is about Jesus coming. God promised to shake up the nations, and we know that's about Jesus. Because what happened when Jesus, listen, died on the cross, an earthquake happened. The world, the earth was shaken to its core when he died. And what happened when Jesus was raised from the dead? An earthquake happened. The earth three days later was shaken to its core. You can read about the earthquakes in Matthew 27 and Matthew 28. You see how it all fits together? God was doing some shaking of his own. God has done what he said he would do. And it's all about Jesus. And finally, guess what is to come in the future? Number five, God will do what he says he will do. For God promises that a day is coming, a day is coming when not only the earth, but also the heavens will shake. He says that in Hebrews 12, verse 26, and in the book of Revelation at Revelation 16, 18, God tells us that there will come a day when there will come flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake, Scripture tells us. And you know when that will be, beloved, don't you? That's when Jesus, God himself, will come again. And all heaven and earth will be shaken. And God will remake this earth a new creation he will shake into existence. And all those who trust in God, that's you, trust in Jesus, that's you, who is God, they do not have to fear that day at all when the final shaking takes place. Because truly God is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Because all those who believe are taken care of by God himself, are protected by God himself, are saved by God himself, are loved by God himself. God will do what he says he will do. And that promise, too, is yes in Jesus Christ. All right, did you get all those notes? No. You gave it your best shot, though. So, to end it, when it seems like the world, gems, is shaking out of control. Remember, gems, remember, congregation, God is unshakable, and you are going to be just fine because you are united with Jesus, who is God, and because you're with him, and only because of that, you will overcome this shaking world, for you are unshakable too. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for being our God, for being the one who is unshakable and giving us a Savior who is unshakable, who is also God, Jesus Christ, and that if we simply put our trust in him because of what he did at the cross and resurrection, we put our trust in him, we are united to him, and that means we are unshakable too, even when the world is shaking all around us. Thank you for that. Thank you for the hope that we have, the future that we have, 
when one day you will shake this world again, shake it into a new creation, and we will be safe and live in it forevermore. Thank you so much, Lord God, that the gems helped us see that again today in their theme verse, in their theme unshakable, in the songs they sang, in the words they said and led us in. Thank you for that. Father, we ask that you would bless us now as we continue our worship. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.